This is, this is, this is Collected Thoughts with Keyshawn Harper. Ah, marketing. It's what makes the world go round. Oh, wait, wait, stop. Oh, I just, that sounds bad. Uh, I just realized that made me sound like I was about to pitch some internet marketing scheme. No, no, no. Okay, dang. Relax. I have nothing to sell you. Nonetheless, I'm sticking to what I said. I mean, marketing makes the world go round. Like, it's the reason why you choose the products you choose. If you don't believe me, take a look at your phone. I bet you, chances are, it's going to have an Apple brand on it or a Galaxy brand on it. And let's not even get started about how people brainwash you to use either Apple or Galaxy. But beyond that, its impact is so much. What clothes you wear, what foods you eat. And if we're honest, a lot of our political decisions are based on who markets themselves the best to the widest audience. Look, Lord knows this is not a business or a political podcast. It's one that is about ideas and how they shape us. And the idea I've been pining over for the last few weeks is how marketing has completely screwed us over when making decisions about each other. Weird, I know, but listen to me. What is one of the most important factors that decides how a relationship will go? If your answer was, what is first impression? <laughs> well, then you are correct. Well, kind of. It's true. Like, the first impression can tell you a lot about a person. And if we don't have any previous data on that person, it's all we have to go on. But that data can be, dare I say, skewed. There is a ton of first impression research out there. But there's one thing that I found particularly interesting. It stated that we initially observe others' behaviors, specifically when we first meet them we are much more likely to consider those behaviors as personality traits rather than happenstance. The brilliant example they used involves an elevator ride. Let's say you're on the first floor and you just got in, but you're late for a meeting. When all of a sudden before the door can close, another person sticks their hand in and gets in. And by now you're irritated because you just want to get to your meeting, but you don't show it. You do an obligatory smile and say hello only to see that this person pushes the button to the second floor. Only one floor up. The second floor. Now, to be honest, what do you think of that person? They are lazy. They can't just walk up the stairs. Her, come on, I ain't got time for this. That's it, we're done. We label them as lazy. Now, insert a person that you know into the same scenario. Instead of a stranger walking into the elevator, it's one of your best friends. Do you feel the same? Chances are you will give them a story as to why they did that. Maybe they needed to get there faster, or maybe they worked out last night and their legs are still hurting. The point is, we attribute traits with behavior more often when we first meet someone than once we freely establish the rapport with them, which it makes sense. I mean, otherwise our opinions with each other would be emotional roller coasters. Every single small action changes the dynamics of the relationship completely. But here is the dangerous part, and it goes both ways. It's not only extremely negative things that stick to our mind during first impressions, but good things as well. And the truth is, we bank on that. Whether it's for a first date or a job interview, you prepare meticulously for that occasion. Our clothes are on point. Our manners are royal pedigree. We do everything in our power to control as much about our image as we can. It's what we are taught. It's not wrong. It's what we've been taught. It's what we've been raised to do. 
We do this even if we don't think we're qualified for the job or if we're pretty sure that the other person is way too good for us. We do everything we can to change that perspective, who we think we really are, to reflect something the other person would want. And then sometimes we don't even like that person we're trying to look good for, but we do it anyways. Even worse is that we all know we're doing it. We all know this is a game, but yet we still fall for these first impressions. I want to tell you a story, a true story, a story that starts out like a lot of other stories. It's that nauseating first encounter of a boy when they meet a girl. The type of meeting where the guy puts his best foot forward. He says the right things and the woman, well, she does the same. They have a wonderful first date and that first date becomes a second and a third. And before you know it, the dates blend together in the mornings of waking up next to each other. The woman begins to see the man as her protector. She feels safe with him. But that feeling is soon corroded one day when she sees a text pop up to his phone. I mean, at first she thought it was nothing for a while until the text turned into missed calls. And with each call, she feels as though he's drifting away from her and into another's embrace. And after weeks of fighting herself, she decides she's, that's it. She's going to confront him. She's going to confront her beloved. Words are exchanged and finally the truth comes out. And when it hits her, it feels as though she's been slapped in the face. She cries and she screams, cursing his name. As the argument gets more and more intense, she decides to suddenly grab his phone to confront the other woman. But she is met by a cold sting. And all of a sudden, the metaphorical slap becomes far more real. Her cheek begins to burn as hot as her heart. She's in shock. He never hit her before. He immediately apologizes and says that it only happened because he loves her and she should have listened to him and it wouldn't have had to be that way. They talk, things calm down, they embrace each other and she forgives him. Life moves on until it happens again and again. So much so that it begins to feel like the new normal. The slaps become punches and the red cheeks turn into dark bruises. The prompts of those beatings become far and far less significant. Soon the girl is always on high alert, analyzing every single word that comes from her mouth, hoping that it doesn't set him off. Imagine never knowing when the next blow would strike and what insane reasoning would justify it. One night, her beloved was on another tear. He had been drinking throughout the night, complaining about everything she did. The woman knew what was coming next. I mean, she couldn't live like this anymore. The constant fear, the bruised flesh. She just can't wait for it to happen. No, she cannot wait for another beating. She had to do something about it before he hit her again. This was the train of thought that arrived at the conclusion that something had to be done. His back was turned and his toolbox was on the kitchen table. Before she could think, before she could even allow the idea of pain traveling throughout her body again, she grabbed the screwdriver and stabbed him in the back. This is unfortunately when I came into the story. See, this was back when I was a police officer. I was working a night shift when the dispatcher gave me this call. Man stabbed in the back. When I got there, the man was walking around screaming in pain. 
blood was all over the kitchen all over the living room floor and the woman she just told me everything that happened and as bad as her situation was she was the one who stabbed him without being assaulted so unfortunately she was the one that had to go to jail and during this whole booking process this is where I learned much more of the backstory we talked and we talked about what was going on and when she told me the story it sparked one question for me it was nagging at me and I usually don't try to pry but I just had to ask her I asked her why did you come back to him after every hit after every beating you still remained faithful and came back to him why what she said sent chills down my spine and I still think about it from time to time she looked at me and said I stayed because he told me he loved me I feel like this happens to us in some way shape and form sometime in our lives we maybe we wouldn't withstand the physical pain but we would withstand the cuts to our self-image the blows to our self-worth and we would take them because the person said that they loved us and i don't know what made me think of this uh, it kind of just came out i don't know what you would call it but i shared with her an idea that i want to talk to you about today i want you to visualize with me pretend that i put my hand out and in that hand is a plate and a pop tart now you might think this is kind of crazy but i need you to work with me now if you see a pop tart you can be whatever pop tart you want it to be would you believe me if i told you that that was a freshly baked apple pie chances are you'll look at me and look at the pop tart and say no so in that case, no matter how much I beg, no matter how much I plead, no matter how much I yell telling you that this is an apple pie in my hand, nothing I can do or say would make you believe otherwise. Because you see the Pop-Tart with your own eyes. You see that it's a Pop-Tart, not an apple pie. And in this story, the man told her that he loved her. He said it. He said it over and over after every fight. But just because he said it, doesn't mean it's true the man said that he loved her and that he would care for her but his actions told her otherwise i told her don't let him sell you something that isn't real don't let him make you believe a pop tart is an apple pie and she paused for a second and then i saw something light up in her eyes and something clicked and i don't know what happened to that woman i don't know if she went back with him or that was the last time she saw him but either way i hope you get something out of this People will say that they care about you, that they love you. And you want to believe them. You want to see them as they were that first time you met them. That first date that made you fall in love with them. That first time you met them that made them seem like they were there for you. But ladies and gentlemen, that's the first impression bias. It will try to convince you despite how much they hit you. Despite how much they say horrible things to you. It will tell you that they said it because they were frustrated or that you did something wrong or that they tear you down constantly because you aren't worthy. No, sometimes you have to look at what they're giving you right now, what their actions are, what the words they use to you are, and compare that to the old words, the old them. And if there's a difference, you have to acknowledge it and accept it. 
Don't let someone's first impression imprison you for the rest of your life. Look at the person and look at what they're offering. Lord knows they could have been giving you apple pies every day. But if for so many days it turns into just stale Pop-Tarts, you've got to know that there's been a change. Is it a freshly baked apple pie made out of love? Or is it just a Pop-Tart they found at the store? Thank you all for listening. Until next time, take it easy.